Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Alyssa Sweetman, and you're listening to Influencer Fundraising, the podcast, a podcast for the curious nonprofit professional who wants to take their digital fundraising strategy to the next level. Uh, so my name is Ryan Weller. Uh, cheekily enough, since I have two ends of my name, I do go by the only Ryan on Twitch and social media and that kind of stuff. I've uh, been a game developer for actually over 10 years. And it was actually while I was working at Telltale Games that I found Twitch and, and started kind of working with that. And it was kind of unique. I started with the whole pure purpose of actually helping out with charity. So I found out about Extra Life and supporting our local charity hospital, UCSF Benioff Children's Hospital in San Francisco, which then also spun to support in St. Jude and then also stack up an operation drop to support, you know, servicemen and women and that kind of thing. And because realizing that, you know, it's easier and you can help out a lot more people by doing it together. I also started a charity team on Twitch known as Playing With Fire because I realized that working together, we could raise more for these charities than just trying to do it on my own. So I've been on Twitch now for God, almost five years. I've been doing this. I think uh, my upcoming birthday time, April, is going to be our sixth big charity kind of stream on the channel. But then I've also had experience show hosting for various charities and then putting on big charity events as well uh, with with uh, lots of different kind of casters all streaming at the same time. So it's been, it's been a wild ride. I've had a Plenty of times to work with Allie, which has been fantastic. So, Awesome. Thanks. Um, Dylan, you want to redo yours and then after yours, President? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Uh, my name is Dylan. I go by DMPire on social media, on Twitch and everything of that sort. Um, I've been around the Justin TV and Twitch community since it was not Twitch, since it was Justin TV. Um, and I've been working with charity fundraising outside of twitch since before fundraising really started to blow up on twitch but also working with events in person for different land events um helping other broadcasters when they wanted to start doing charity fundraising and events when that started happening and started to start to grow more as well as doing my own fundraising over the last couple of years here and my name is vanessa i go on twitch by pleasantly twisted I have been in the Twitch sphere for about two years and three months, and I've been doing charity work specifically for Twitch for about a year and three months. And I have been much more on the front end of things, being just a content creator that raises money for charity, but also got very involved with working directly with To Write Love on Our Arms, St. Jude, um, one of them I can't say, but it also deals with helping kids with cancer, along with the Trevor Project and many others. And we're, I'm going to be working here with an autism charity in the next couple of weeks. And I've been working with Ali as well to help with some of the diversity efforts in charity while working at Twitch. Well, not at Twitch, but working with Twitch and then streaming on Twitch is more appropriate. Hi, um, I'm Alyssa Sweetman. You all know me probably as Ali or um, you've probably recently met me on LinkedIn or seen many posts or many emails as I'm sending right now to get this texting situated. Um, so we're just gonna kind of dive into it. You definitely all have access to that Google form that was sent out in the original calendar invite for questions. Um, just diving right on in. Um, let's, let's just go through everyone's personal experience. Um, Dylan, talk a little bit about the prep work that goes into when you do a 
charity stream? What types mm -hmm. of incentives do you prepare? How far ahead do you plan? How many hours do you think you would say go into planning it? Um, even if you stream full time, like let's say 40 hours a week, just like on a job, there's just as much, if not more time on the back end that you're going to spend on getting things prepared, even just for regular broadcasting. When it comes to charity stuff with getting incentives prepared, obviously it's dependent on your personal community, depending on what you've done in the past, what's worked for you, or if it's the first time, you know, going with the flow over time, especially if you're going to do it for like a month long kind of fundraising effort versus like a single day or single weekend kind of plan, you're, you're going to be able to roll with the punches and see what works well for your community specifically and what'll, what'll like, you know, excite them to want to get excited about it. Not just, oh, hey, you know, here's five bucks for whatever you have the incentive for. A lot of people will do stuff like, you know, I'll eat a bean boozled bean, or I'll do a song on Twitch sings now, since we have that as an option that we can do karaoke on stream and I, I can see that being even more popular this year now um, but different incentives like that like song requests little things here and there and then the bigger challenges like a lot of people do hair dyeing and uh, or even just shaving or haircuts um, things that you can do that don't necessarily cost or cause issues on our back end to be able to do nothing that's going to be majorly disruptive for our daily lives but then also still giving something like hey you know we raise a lot of money i'm going to do something cool for you guys to thank you for doing that without you know oh hey i'm going to buy a billboard or anything of that nature it's something that we can do on our own terms with little to no loss of income or anything like that but also giving everyone that does raise money for us and helps us with this funding that we do as influencers to actually give them an incentive and a reason to stand behind it not just oh hey you know we donated money he did a thing it's we donated money and we raised money for this great cause yeah absolutely um vanessa um so i kind of echo a lot of that i was going to go a little bit more in detail about some of that time frame stuff and what you need to prepare so for me personally i stream part-time I stream three times a week for about five hours each time. And I can say with conviction that even for a month long event, it's very much what Dylan said, double that behind the scenes every single week. And that's working with trying to figure out your incentives, figure out what your community is into. It's a lot of intensive work with really knowing intimately what kind of community that you've curated. So for example, I've done incentives like, as you mentioned before, the bean boozled. There's also extreme bean boozled where it's nothing but bad beans. I've done things like I also do freelance work. So I'll pull up the canvas and say, you guys will donate money and you're going to tell me what I'm going to draw. And yes, there's been absolute nonsense that's came out on the canvas as a result. And there's even much more high end things. I'm also a big workout buff personally. So I'll have them donate money and they'll throw push ups and sit ups at me until my arms are actual noodles, which I personally don't mind because I like working out. So it's definitely something that as an influencer, you have to think about it long-term and extensively about how you want to lay things out for your incentives because your community is not gonna be excited about incentives if you yourself are not excited about them. If you put out incentives that you're just kind of begrudgingly doing or, oh, this is what's popular or maybe this will get them excited, it's gonna show, it's gonna be evident and it's just gonna really kill the entire mood of the fundraising effort. And the entire end goal of the entire thing is you want to raise money for a good cause. You don't want to just get them to give you money. If that was the case, you can just have them donate to get you a new mic or something. But you're actually raising money for sick kids or people without clean water or things like right now with the COVID crisis, Doctors Without Borders needs mountains and mountains of help and getting them excited about it and being knowledgeable about it too and educating them on it while having a good time. Um, I'm trying to think of some other things. So to kind of sum it up, what you're trying to say is that when 
um, working with charities, if they're, you know, suggesting incentives to be kind of mindful that the incentives they're suggesting might not be um, applicable to every influencer they're working with. Exactly. So even though there's a lot of influencers out there that have done great collective efforts of making master lists of here's some ideas for incentives, your mileage may vary because what one influencer is into may not be what another influencer is into. So it's really about taking that time to think about it, plan it out, and then execute it and feel out what you are and aren't into. I know for St. Jude that's coming up in May, um, I'm already in the process of planning for that to give kind of an idea of how much time goes into planning for these big events and these big charity pushes. Absolutely, thank you. Um, Ryan, I've got a couple of questions for you since you, sure. you know, you have a variety. So I guess just first kind of describe your process of what you do when you're prepping for your own personal stream hmm. um, and like how many hours you would say goes into that prep. Oh boy. Um, typically, uh, I always like to preach that uh, I need at least a month, month ahead of notice before the stream day, not only for and uh, for planning, but also marketing. I, I like to make sure that I'm hitting all social media and get people prepped and planned because this also lets people know like, cool, okay, I'm going to save up to support the stream. We're going to support people, but, you know, Ryan's going to be making it really fun. Here's the incentives. This is going to be going on. Uh, you know, yes, I like to put griefs in there at times. I mean, the only time, first time I ever dyed my hair was because of charity. Uh, I went full pink. And you loved it. Eye-opening experience. And, you know, now, now I, I, for five years now, my hair has always been some strange freaking color. But uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those kind of things that you need that time to prep, not just for yourself, but to get people to prep in the sense of like, okay, cool. I'm going to save money for this particular event. So I'm always preaching to people that if, if we're going to get a chance to, to do that, it needs to have that kind of prep time, not just for me to get everything lined up. Um, and then for personal and for potentially the other stuff that we'll talk about, uh, when it comes to giveaways, the other one that I spend a lot of time on, but if a charity actually like helps out with this, this would be amazing, is when it comes to game giveaways. Uh, I I do my due diligence, and unfortunately, this. But normally, with with PAX and E3 and all those those conventions I'm going to, I have a single day blocked out where I'm going to every single booth. I'm telling them what I do for charity, and if we can work together to get keys for giveaway. So more often than not, I have typically around three thousand to five thousand dollars worth of of dollars of game giveaways. Uh, to go on because as much as, you know, you want people to give out of their kindness with their own hearts. If you have hidden certain goals where like, hey, random people in chat are going to win these games, then it even also uh, helps out people that maybe they don't have the funds to donate, but they'll grab friends. Be like, hey, dude, if you just donate like 10 bucks, we'll hit another goal. And then random people in chat could win. We could win these awesome games. So having that amount of time to prep prepare, get my mods uh, team. And then if I'm also like typically my, my birthday stream, I always have another friend with me for a 24 hour stream. So getting that other caster prep to prepare. Hours, uh, is, is the thing. So it, it's just, there's a lot of preparation that goes into that. So having that time for a personal stream, especially is, is key. And then also for the marketing aspect. 
Gotcha. Now, there's two other types of streams you've organized. You've always organized like back-to-back -back shift marathons and also in-person collectively, everyone's streaming on their own channels. Can you just kind of give a like rough ballpark about how many hours you would say those take to plan and kind yeah. of give an idea of um, what it's like herding cats that is uh, <laughs> Twitch streamers? Well, I feel like you, you also could speak on that one as well. Uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, it is a thing because we all have our own time frames. Every caster, you know, I, I, this is my full-time job now, you know, uh, since I moved on from being a game developer. So, you know, I have to plan out a block of time to plan on this that potentially somebody might be a nighttime caster. So their daytime is going to look a lot different than my daytime is. And so putting together emails and make sure everyone has their information and they're all signed up on Extra Life or St. Jude, Tiltify, whatever that they're all on the same page is another reason why I say at least a month ahead of advance, because you need that time because I, 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 I've, I've gone through it. I know Ali's gone through it. I think we've all gone through it is that you'll send out these messages and it seems like you're screaming into the void, but it's not because they don't care. It's just, they're busy and they have their own schedules that you're trying to work around. So it, it is one of those kind of things that, you know, I'll, you know, I'm, I'm streaming seven hours a day at the very least. And when it comes to getting geared up for a charity stream, I'm putting at least a few hours in every single day, if not more, to plan out emails to then, okay, they're not answering the, the emails. Maybe Twitter DMs, maybe DMs will hit them and, and go back and forth like that. But make sure everyone's on the same page because if we're doing, um, if we have casters, they're going to also switch, switch out with each other. I need to make sure that they have not only access to the, maybe the pages of game keys that I've gotten, but then also they know that we need to get those computers up and running and ready for the handoff. So how do you plan on that? How do you stagger that? Uh, you know, if you're if we're all going to be streaming on our own pages, make sure everyone has the same button set up. Everyone has the same command set up. Uh, if we're going to be streaming on one uh, particular channel, how do we do the handoff? So there's a lot of stuff that can go in that just making sure the more time we have planned, not only is it best for the viewership, so they know what's going on, where to tune in, and what's happening but then also for the casters to not only plan for themselves but then also for them to do the marketing and get their community prepped and prepared for uh, raising money for a particular cause or charity yeah absolutely thanks so much so that's just kind of a general idea of what um, streamers go through when they're prepping and everything that they're going to be working on um let's kind of dive into um what kind of assets do you want streamers or do you want nonprofits and charities to have available for you? Um, Vanessa. Um, I like to keep things simple and clean personally. So as long as I have things like overlays, panels, things that have like call outs that I can so, use on my social. Question. Those are some of the things you're going to make yourself. Are you asking that you want the charity to have pre-made panels and overlays or are you asking that you want brand assets so you can make those yourself? Wanted to clarify so that there. That's actually a good follow-up question because with me being a graphic designer personally, I can go either direction. I know for people that I've worked with on charity teams and whatnot, they would prefer if those assets are already made because they're not going to have that creative edge that I do. So they like having just like, even if it's something simple that has, here's a panel with a logo. Here's a panel that says donate now to XYZ simple stuff like that, that helps make them feel a little bit more at ease for having things to set up because now they don't have to feel like they're being pressured to make something brand new or create something on their own or even go to someone like me and have to pay to get a panel made that they're going to use for a month. 
and then turn around and just take it off. So I'm a very big fan of panels, overlays, and the overlays don't have to be, even in the case of the panels, they don't have to be anything very flamboyant either. I think a lot of people get scared away by the idea of, oh, it's a big event, it's a big charity, it needs to be as flashy as possible. Even something just as simple, like I said, with just the logo and donate now, takes them miles and miles away and on their way to getting stuff going. Um, but like I said, I'm very simple and I'm also a very small content creator. So I don't really look for anything really, really heavy. I don't need people to show up and be in my chat to mod or anything like that. Just as long as I have something to help promote the cause and help everyone get hype about it, that's my biggest thing. Okay. Uh, Dylan, what kind of assets do you like um, charities to provide to make it easier on you for fundraising? I'm right on the same page with her. Um, I'm, I'm not as savvy like i don't do overlays professionally or anything like that graphic wise here but i know how to use photoshop and stuff well enough to be able to throw something together if i want it more personalized but having something again as simple as have a have a donate now option something we can splash on the screen even just like a little text box so we can use the built-in overlay tools that we have on like obs with text to be able to put fund the fundraiser name um, stuff like Tiltify and Extra Life and other things like that, having those logos and stuff built in for the fundraising to be linked up and have it be where the name of your fundraiser or your cause or your push or whatever you're doing for that period of time be able to be automatically generated and have like, you know, Dylan's 2020 St. Jude fundraiser on the left side, the St. Jude fundraiser in the middle, the total amount on the right hand side, stuff like that, that those companies and tools are available for make it easier for us because we're just typing in a couple of words to finish up the forms and get things set up and then it's already done for the rest of it here so the people that aren't savvy or don't again with the amount of time we all put in with, with all these things not having the time to be able to sit down and learn photoshop or something else to make it ourselves having something at least basic for us makes it so much easier same thing running an in-person LAN event where you have more than one streamer hopping on a setup computer or going between channels flipping between shifts having something uniform that we can use makes it so much easier because it's just a hey here's the link put it in your overlay boom you're done gotcha i'm going to add to that um and ryan you'll answer the same thing how do you feel in addition to the you know the assets of overlay and a donate panel um tiltify has the ability to make custom interactive overlays with fundraising pages that are built and i think some other of the fundraising platforms do as well um in addition to those things, Ryan, what else do you like to see from nonprofits? Uh, I, I mean, as as kind of just Miriam have said, you know, I think it's it's good overall to typically have some kind of your your own created um, because, yeah, I'm also once again, I'm an outlier. I, I've been an artist my entire life. And so. Photoshop and all that kind of stuff when it comes to overlays. But if you want to make it just super simple for the broadcaster to essentially plug and play, you have to think about those kind of things. So getting an idea of even if it is just make sure that you have your own logo logos in PNG form so we can add that to a, you know, uh, either to our tabs down below the stream or whatnot. That's great. Uh, and then uh, making sure also I've noticed one thing that I really appreciated about Extra Life that did this was they had uh, the text file the font that they use. They have a specific font that they use for Extra Life and they included that. And I've been able to then make sure it was kind of more on brand for, for Extra Life, you know, when helping out in that kind of area. So specific things such as that can, can be a huge help when it comes to assets and making sure that you've also done the background work to make sure alerts work 
with your donation. So if you go through Tiltify, they have their own system, you know, yada, yada, yada. But you're making sure that whether Streamlabs, Stream Elements, you know, any of those kind of alert systems can work. So because people, when they donate, they want to see, you know, that pop up times in, in different kind of ways and forms. But then that way, people get a little flashing lights to say thank you for, you know, helping out whatever charity, whatever cause we're raising for. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for for sharing that. And um, some other other things that I didn't hear mentioned, but um, how do you feel about prepared impact statements for every X dollar donated, this charity is able to do X thing? Could you expand for, upon anyway, that? Like, what, what, what do you mean? Um, an example might be um, rise, rise Above the Disorders impact statement is for every $35 donated, they're able to send somebody in need to a therapy session. Hmm. So, so like having, it's, like, a, it's called an impact statement. Gotcha. So like what St. Jude has done is like, you raise five bucks, this is what this does. You raise $12. Mm -hmm. They have a lot of impact statements. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Personally, I can just say I really like that. It's It can help, especially if we're like eight bucks away from a thousand dollars raised. We can like, hey, we do this, eight more dollars, and this is what that potentially can go through and and that kind of stuff. So having having those kind of impact statements are are hugely helpful to kind of like, kicking the ball down the field and having the, the the community to know like what they're what they're working towards I think is really really important it's really cool mm -hmm. Vanessa Dylan anything else to add um, yeah. I was gonna say oh, so, oh go ahead Dylan. No, no, okay, okay. I was gonna say um for my day job I, I currently work at Best Buy right now we do fundraising through St. Jude's throughout the holiday season as well so one thing I've been able to cross over and that obviously with those impact statements that's help is like hey you know the corporate themselves, the entirety of all our stores raised this much money. You know, we could do the math and break it down here, but I was able to say, Hey, this is how much our store raised. That's what this is going to pay for. This is how many sessions of chemo it's pays for. This is how much of this it pays for being able to tell people at the registers as they're asking about or donating, you know, Hey, you know, I know it's only a buck, but you know, every dollar helps. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. $20 pays for they're out of chemo parties when they get done. It's $20 for that. Being able to deliver that as that impact statement for, again, even on a dollar donation kind of thing that has an impact. It makes some, you know, because people are like, oh, I can only do this much, but it's still every single penny does help no matter what cause it's going towards. And then to uh, kind of build off of everything that's been said, it also is really useful because it's free education on the actual charity themselves. Like the streamers and the influencers are already going to be looking into it and knowing this information and being very aware of it. But it also helps with conveying that information and keeping that message alive and moving because especially as an influencer, sometimes you just get into your incentives, your milestones, your game and everything else. So that helps kind of keep the message alive and running, especially in the case of St. Jude, they have a lot of really good impact statements where it's like, this much gets them another thing of oxygen. This much will get the out of chemo party. This much will do X, Y, Z, A, B, C, and it will cover all those things. And they'll also help kind of facilitate that message if you're occupied doing something else. So obviously you're busy talking to your chat or you're doing an incentive or something, but to have those readily available so that someone is on the fence to say, I don't know if I want to donate that $5, but they see the goal and they see that impact statement. It's like, well, we can actually push towards that though. And um, you can just do a thumbs up one thing that wasn't mentioned, but um, how do you feel about 60 second to 90 second commercials prepared for you by the charity that kind of does a little bit of an overview of everything the charity does, a touchy feely kind of thing? 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I would, I would, I've done it before on the in-person land events where we've run a commercial like that as a, as a commercial, like a literal commercial break. If they need to get up and go and do something, Hey, cool. Switch to this scene, play the commercial. When you get back, flip it back. Done. Cool. Um, so let's kind of move on to what is, what do you think are the best ways nonprofits can interact with you and think, think bigger than um, just like reaching out to you to ask you to fundraise, but what are some things that they, they can do um, that you feel would be impactful for getting your attention or your friend's attention who are also streamers, uh, Ryan? Uh, I, one thing I've noticed is it keeps on growing more and more is what we're noticing at gaming conventions, uh, you know, main, you know, with the, the Tiltify stage and, and, and whatnot, the conventions having a little small booth there or something like that. I mean, that's, uh, one way that I first started seeing extra life was they had a booth at, at PAX, I do believe if I remember correctly. And I was like, oh, what's. What's this? And they they explained what they were doing that it would help out, you know, uh, the the children's hospitals across the United States to be able to choose which one, and you can go from there. And so having having the presence at at gaming conventions, I feel like is something because not only are you going to interact potentially with with casters, but also just other gamers. And say what you will about gamers, we are a passionate bunch. So uh, you can you can typically count on <laughs> count on some gamers to take some interest. Fun fact, um, this is a good one that I like to point out to nonprofits, but Ryan, do you know the largest group of gamers in North America? What is the largest group of gamers in North America? Women from 28 to 40. Boom, knowledge bomb. Because nobody thinks about mobile games as video games oh, or they might yeah. not, they don't think about arcades as much as video games anymore. So when you go to Dave and Buster's and things like that, so. Um, chances are you're a video gamer and you didn't even know it. I had, yeah, my, my, I had to clue my wife into that too. I was like, you realize you're just as a hardcore gamer as I'm. She's like, no, I'm like, how long have you been playing that particular game on your cell phone? She's like, okay, point taken. <laughs> Candy Crush is still a game. <laughs> um, but I said, what are, what are some other ways aside from in-person con uh, conventions that you think is a good way to engage with nonprofits? Um, so again, speaking from my personal experiences, I feel like the social media presence is a really big one and it doesn't get taken advantage of nearly enough in my personal opinion, because a lot of people have this mindset that they put out the Twitter page, for example, and then it's only there to function as here is a fact about extra life. Here is a fact about what we did yesterday. Here is a, and you can use that tool to reach out to many, many, many more of us, not just gamers and other influencers, but even like bigger celebrities and everything else because you can put out all of your information you can put out big events you can start promoing hey we're going to be at pax east can we see you there and that's how you get the ryans of the world coming to your table and everything because we read that stuff and we notice that stuff and kind of tying into that fact you said too with mobile gamers and everything they're on their phones all the time they're probably on other apps and social media apps all the time you can even do that with advertising within those games and everything where it's like hey it's that time of year and bring something out like that. So I think that the social media presence is a really, really big one that can be capitalized on much, much more. And that if we saw more people that were like willing to put out more content and even engage more people on those platforms, they would see a lot more influencers that would say, 
oh yeah, we'd be more than happy to raise money for your charity. Yeah. Um, what about you, Dylan? How do you how do you feel this quite been approached? How do you feel about mass emails? Mass emails can be very, I don't want to say tough, but they can be rough to navigate in terms of how you actually send them out and deliver them. Um, because again, like we're saying with social media, especially with the current state of things, with a lot of events being canceled and not being able to have that in-person kind of focus here, having signups through your page, having signups through your website about wanting to have information delivered, about knowing about when fundraisers are going to be delivered or when a continuation of event is going to be followed up on. Um, sending out emails the right way and not making it too generic is going to be important, especially with the way things are right now, but especially in the future for events here too, whether you're able to make it to the next event that is actually able to happen or not, being able to follow up and even just a simple like a retweet, a quote tweet or something on social media on top of being able to send out good valid information through emails, especially to people that have fundraised for you in the past. Um, something like that will be very huge now to continue to get that support, not only from the creators wanting to stream and broadcast, but being able to say, oh, hey, you know, I fundraise for these guys in November. They're doing another standoff event in August for like a week, and they let me know about it because they saw that I fundraised last November. That's awesome. I'm going to let everyone else I know that know that they're going to do that too and see what we can do about the cause here because that's that's just going to be the reality of the situation here for the for as long as it's going to take to get through this. Yeah. Um, more specifically, how, and anyone can answer this, how do you feel about an email that comes through that sounds like hello fellow streamer um thank you for uh you know that stream the other day it was really great uh check out my, my charity and what we're doing ryan i love your face you go first <laughs> uh, okay um okay let's, let's break it down let's how break many, it down. i can't tell you how many emails <laughs> how many DMs? How many Discord, Twitter? Just oh god, how much I, I I get those kind of things, and I've gotten to it now a point where I I don't even I don't even read it. I'm just like okay, click pass by. Like if somebody was really in my stream, I mean, like I even got a few messages. I remember one time, like I enjoyed your stream of the other day, and I take weekends off, and they messaged me on Monday, and it's just kind of like, did you did you really enjoy my stream? So it's it's one of those kind of things like if you want to get to know somebody, actually go hang out in their stream, you know, talk. And then, you know, a lot more often than not, then as a streamer, I get a point of reference like, oh, you're the guy. And and also I will lead up with that. Don't start shouting out your charity in, in chat. I not was just, just about to ask that yeah. question since you brought <laughs> up come visit me in chat. <laughs> No, you got to chat, hang out. But like this way we get to know you a little bit. And know like, OK, this isn't just some faceless person doing a mass email kind of thing that can just be very it can be a headache um but you know it, it is one of those kind of things that when it comes to talking to casters online and, and engaging with those people um our lives in certain aspects are so personable to begin with because we're putting ourselves essentially you know we are our own brand uh, essentially we're putting ourselves into people's homes and and uh with the work that we do and so it does require sometimes more of that personable touch uh, if you want to try to work with somebody, at least in my humble opinion. So then do you feel that organizations that have a person or two running the program pretty steadily that kind of become the face of that program, 
do you feel that they're easier to work with and you're more inclined to work with those nonprofits than say an organization that is um, cycling it through like a large group of people through like mass email tools or um, through a group of people that are not focused on it. So they don't really know everything that's always going on. I got one name, Casper. Mm. <laughs> okay. He works for Tiltify. Can you name some that work for charity? I, no, well, no, but I'm just saying is, is that I, in that kind of stuff, he's, connected me to some charities and he's been the face of certain ways of getting to know certain people. And so, right. but it's because we had that personable connection that we could build off from there. You know, there's also Lou from, from extra life, you know, who I've gotten to personally be able to know um, because he'll stop on by once in a while. And we'll also talk and chat. He was at the, the PAX conventions. He himself was there to be that face, that connection, that person I could talk to. So yes, having having somebody that is in charge of that rather than just a whole bunch of people is key because then that's the person that's going to be my point of contact and who I'm going to get the chance to know that's going to build from that. that. Thanks. Uh, Vanessa, you have something you want to add? Oh, no, I'm just, I'm listening to Ryan stuff and I'm kind of like relating it on my own tangent because for me, it would be Zach and Amanda. And they're over with yeah. St. Jude because, I mean, literally, they're always in, like, the trenches. They're always talking. They're always promoing. And they're always available, which is fantastic because it makes it feel like you're actually working with people, even though they're all the way over in Memphis and I'm in the Midwest. And that's a huge stark difference than the things that I've actually had happen akin to what Ryan brought up, where I've had an organization just land in my DMs. And they're just like, hey, we like your content. We want you to come raise money for us. I know nothing about this organization. I've never even heard of them. I've never seen them. So I'm already kind of in that skeptical space mm -hmm. before I've even started working with them. And now they have to pull me out of that before I even feel inclined to want to work with them, which, you know, sounds terrible because you would say, well, it's for charity. Why wouldn't you want to do that? Well, this is still also my resources, my time, my channel, my energy, my everything else. And I don't want to put myself in a position where I'm going to run myself ragged, just trying to raise money for any and every charity under the sun. And then I don't even know what I'm doing. And I've had it happen actually just last week. Someone joined my discord and just immediately started soliciting me saying, we really liked your content. We want you to try out this product and help us raise money. And I sat there and I was like, I haven't streamed for a week. <laughs> are you sure about that? Are you, are you positive? <laughs> I don't think that you saw me recently, but okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I, I just, I'm smiling in agreement. Yeah. And if I may add upon that, because she actually did bring up something since this is, and I know for a lot of casters, this is their full-time job, right? This is what they do for a living. There is a juggling thing that happens then when raising money for charity and then making sure that I can take care of my family and, and pay our bills and that kind of stuff, especially in, in the times that we're in right now. So that's yet another reason why I've gotten, a, sometimes I'll get emails. It's like, can he raise money for charity for us next week? And I need a lot more planning because also if I'm going to put in the time for charity, that typically then means I'm looking towards my wife and go, okay, how's our bills? Can we do this thing? Cause we need to adjust things to make sure that we can help out with the charity and that we're fine financially uh, ourselves uh, before we can and help a, out with that. An amazing, amazing point. Um, Kind of want to build on this here so if you're probably finding sourcing looking for creators you're probably looking at other fundraising 
campaign pages and you're probably looking at the top 30 or 40 people and thinking, I'm going to email all of these people. Um, there is no other job in the world where they ask you to come to work, work on a special project, give up your income for the day and work harder than you would normally in a regular stream. So keep that in mind that um, when a streamer is doing an event, they are basically saying, please don't give me income. We forego this for this period of time. Um, please donate to the charity. And I can imagine that sometimes it can be probably a little bit of a gut check sometimes when they see how much their community does while they may be super excited. They also know that that means their community spent that much money on charity and they might not, it might be a while before they're able to, you know, tip their streamer and um, contribute to their streamers lifestyle. Yep. No, 100%. Um, Dylan, do you have anything you'd like to add on that before I go to the next question? Yeah. So obviously with everything I've done work-wise here on top of that, I've also worked as an influencer manager for a gaming product company that did sponsorships, things of that sort for it there. My experience that I had with charities like St. Jude, like Extra Life, where they had that person I could go and talk to directly, directly like influenced how I was going to handle that kind of a position when I worked for it here to make sure that they didn't feel like they were going to get blindsided, that if they needed something asked, they had someone they could go to directly. And that's followed up and continued with everything else I've worked with both before and past then. So having that face, that person that you can say, Hey, if I have a question about this, I will reach out to them. And if I don't, if they don't have the answer, they can get to them more directly. That's going to give you that, that sort of a headway and that head start for people. So not just people that again that have worked with you in the past before that can reach out to the people that have fundraised previously for you, or that are interested in fundraising for you, but being able to reach out to the right people in the right way and giving that personal connection, whether it be online or in person. And that just makes the experience better. And, and, and honestly, it makes us more excited, more motivated to work for a charity that takes the time and has the people that are going to work with us directly to give us the best experience possible. It's, it's still, you know, a person to person relationship, just like anything else, customer service wise or anything else like that. So having a better experience for the people that are going to do the work for you is going to make it better in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Um, if you're watching, please use that Google form for any questions that you have. Um, we will be sending a copy of this recording out once it's over, especially for those folks that weren't able to um, dial in due to technical issues. Um, let's do a fun question. What's your favorite, least favorite incentive? Like okay. it's you love water sips, but hate doing it. Oh, okay. I thought you just meant one that was like a boring one. I have to think about this. No, 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 no that actually, kills me. Where it's like a dollar is a water sip. So I'll, I'll share mine. Um, I used to do for every $1 donated, I would hula hoop consecutively until, you know, I st people stopped donating. Um, I did that twice and I never did it again. <laughs> <laughs> Um, because hula hooping got very, gets very hard after about 15 minutes. Um, and then the second time I did it, I increased the price to $5 per minute. And then again, it's, it's still, uh, became very hard after about 15 to 20 minutes. <laughs> um, we've, I, I'm, I'm sure I speak for everybody. We've, we've eaten some pretty gnarly stuff, uh, here and there, you know, including the normals, you know, of being boozled and that kind of stuff. But uh, for a particular point in time, we'd have um, for every $100 donation, uh, my wife, who is a prolific uh, uh, baker, made 
30 cupcakes. Um, and in each cupcake would be a prize. Maybe that person who donated 100 bucks would, would get so some, some games. Or it could be a really big grief. Now, the other part about the other added gamification of this was in out of those 30 cupcakes, 10 of those cupcakes had um, jellified anchovies in the middle of it. So oh, oh no. They have sugar already on top of there. We're going to shove this into our face, and there's 30 of them. Uh, uh, and we're not eating it necessarily, but still, after 30 sugar filled cupcakes, I, I like afterwards, I'm like, I'm I'm probably losing my foot. I'm probably losing my foot. I have way too much sugar. It's gone. Uh, and, and like, I, I will say my skin never felt softer because it was buttercream. But uh, because wife took it to the next level, not just anchovies, but Vegemite also inside. So you'd shove that in your mouth and immediately myself or one of my friends that was that was with me at the time uh, we would immediately go running to the sink because so there was no question when somebody got one of those hate-filled cupcakes. But uh, it works. We got all through all thirty cupcakes, but I my stomach was not happy with me afterwards. Wow. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Dylan. Um, I personally, I have I have a love-hate relationship with it, but scare alerts and playing scary games on stream hitting a certain goal and saying, oh, I'll play this scary game that came out, you know, a year ago or this year, the most recent game, whatever it is. If these rumors are true and they're bringing back Silent Hill, I already know that's going to be the request for it for the next one I end up doing because I am a scaredy cat. I hate it, but I love it at the same time. I'm a Resident Evil fan, so I, I love playing through those games, but every time a liquor or whatever else happens to pop out or something like that, I, I, I get jumped. I, I get scared. And I cry. Straight up cry. I I can't. I have not finished Outlast. I've been playing that game for five oh, years. No, I will not touch it. I will not touch it. <laughs> I'm still in the basement in the very beginning, so you know. <laughs> like same thing too. Like I just did it recently, where I added uh, like different alerts that people can do through channel points and stuff too, or through commands. That when I play Dead by Daylight, whether I'm playing Survivor or Killer, they can customize stuff and then play skill check sounds and things of that nature. So it's like a it's going to make me jump. It's going to make me think the killer is about to grab me or something. And it's just them being able to fool around with me. So I'm going to be able to add that as something for the charity. But again, it's it's going to be a love-hate relationship with it no matter what. <laughs> uh, Vanessa, do you, do you think of yours? I, I mean, I have mine, but they're nowhere near as interesting as the ones that have been named because... Again, I don't to your community. Well, yeah, I and like I said, and I think that also comes with the fact that I've only been doing a lot of heavy duty charity stuff for about the last year or so. So my first one actually accidentally became a love love relationship. I was doing hot sauce dab challenges, and I learned very quickly. I actually really enjoy hot sauce, so I stopped doing those because it wasn't fair anymore. It was like, well, I mean, I kind of like this ghost pepper one, and people are like. What do you mean you like the ghost pepper ones? Like, it's pretty good. So then I decided to change. I was like, oh, well, maybe I'll start doing like a different kind of spicy challenge. And so for F Cancer that I did back in February, I found my love-hate one because I found habanero and ghost pepper gummies that literally the texture was like a moist towelette. And then just biting into them, it was like biting into a damp sponge and the flavor was absolutely atrocious and i didn't that, even register oh 
Yeah, I didn't even register. I'm a texture person, and the way you just described that texture, I'm just no. It, it was absolutely like I remember opening Cringing. it up and being and being like, "Oh, well, maybe this will be fun." And I remember touching it, and immediately my face just soured on Cam because I was like, "Oh, this is awful." I have made many mistakes. Oh, oh, this is terrible. And I'm like holding it and it's all floppy. And then, then, and then I didn't even taste the hot. I was just too enamored with how absolutely horrible the texture was. And then it got hot. And I was like, everything about this is bad. And everyone's like, this is a great milestone. I was like, this will never happen again. This is awful. This is the worst. And so, of course, they kept hitting that milestone. And I'm like, oh, God, I have to eat another plate. I find like, really hard to convince big. people that I don't like things like pickles or olives to make those incentives. But everyone knows that I like those things, so it's really hard. <laughs> so I do really love watching Bloody Faster eat an olive, mainly because she's Greek, from Greece. And it's like, why can't you eat an olive? You're supposed to like olives. <laughs> and uh, I've named it a couple probably. of times. Just, I just love it. <laughs> love watching her eat an olive. Oh, it was awful. There's been a, a few other streamers that I've done like that don't really like pickles. I think a gentleman named Patrick Starr, he, and all of his incentives are centered around pickles. Like he makes pickle smoothies, does pickle shut, and he likes nothing about pickles. Like he absolutely hates it. I mean, I love pickles, but a pickle smoothie, I. Uh... Yeah, that's that's a no for me too. That's a no. With <laughs> <laughs> a big year of sandwich, dunk it in there. It'll be fine. It'll be good. Oh no, no. Mm -hmm. no. Nope. <laughs> and this is the equivalent of which which chats like. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, in a nutshell, actually. Yeah. Um, let's uh, just on a last note, as everyone's kind of thinking, what is probably we talked about like math emailing or things like that. What has been? What's a grow? Let's word this positively. What's a grow for nonprofits as they're entering this space? Is um everyone gets hit up by many, many nonprofits. So think of a grow as something that like you wish they'd considered before they started reaching out to the creators. And then that can be anything. Dylan, we'll start with you. 100% gonna fall back on it. The personal touch. Take take that five minutes to watch their VOD if they're not live. Take that five minutes to go in and actually talk to their chat, look at their social medias. The other side of it though is Obviously, you want to work with broadcasters that are passionate about your cause and that do want to do good with you on there. Don't don't just say, oh, I just want to work with people that play one game or one type of game or that have X amount of numbers because I've known people that have 50,000 plus on Twitch that there's people that have a thousand or less that have raised more. And that's the vast reality of it. There is that's why I'm I wasn't picky when I picked up people for the in-person events when I didn't when I did the influencer marketing for that company. That's why I wasn't picky about the numbers. I went and took that five to ten minutes, sat in their streams, watched their VODs, actually checked them out and took the time. And that that streamer program that they have now has exploded in comparison to what it was when I actually started making it for them. So that that five minutes you can take per person to to do it, that can just be one day of your week. Take that five minutes and actually take the time to get to know those people as best as you can. Gotcha. That's great. Uh, Vanessa. Um, unfortunately, I'm going to build a little bit on that and then take it back to the, um, oh God, what's the word I'm thinking of? Take it back to the uh, deliverables side of things. 
definitely do that personal touch. Definitely make sure that you're like watching the people, getting to know them, getting interested in them. But then also like look around in the places that you want to start building influencers and everything. And when you do those types of things, actually think really hard about how uh, streamers and influencers can use those assets to their advantage. Like, yeah, we were saying earlier, keep it basic. You can have like a logo, donate now, all this other stuff. But taking that extra stuff to make sure things are actually like, again, personal touch to the correct spec or it can be made in different iterations and everything else is a really, really, really big tell for people like me, especially because it lets me know, oh, you want me to stream for you for your charity on Twitch. And you've even gone so far to make sure that you even know what I need. And that's huge because it's, as we mentioned before, it's plug and play. Because I have worked, unfortunately, in cases where the charity said, hey, here's some assets for you. That's what I was looking for earlier. Here's some assets for you, but they don't think about where they're actually trying to put them or they spread themselves too thin and they try to do too many places at once. So they'll give you an asset that's like, here's a panel for donations. And it's like, cool, because panels on Twitch need to be 360 pixels in width. This is the size of my screen. So are you sure you want me to stream on Twitch or did you just want me to raise money for you? You know, that kind of thing. Gotcha. Um, Ryan. Uh, I mean, once again, I can mirror everything that they just said is all, I think, all good, good grow points. Uh, uh, also, something I would mention is uh, make sure you have a budget. Uh, I know some people, they tend to, you know, reach out to to uh, content creators and whatnot, just trying to work this kind of thing out. Or if you want to have like um, a convention, you want to have, you know, a, a broadcaster come out there and help you raise funds at a location or something like that. Anything that's taking broadcasters away from their setup, you know, like me, like if, if I'm not here from my normal stream times, then I'm not making funds. We're not paying bills. I'm not paying that kind of stuff off. So if you're going to take broadcasters away from their initial setup and you want them to help raise money for your charity and that kind of stuff, just realize that you may want to also look into a budget to make sure that they're compensated for their their time and that kind of stuff if once again if you're going to be taking them away from their their normal setup and what's going to be going on it's just something also to kind of think of is make sure so then you just have somewhat of of, of a budget uh before before reaching out yeah i think i think those are all really great points we have two minutes left so i kind of just if anyone has any um additional thoughts or um things that we haven't touched on that you'd like to add um feel feel free I think uh, I think you've been really thorough. Uh, I will say, Ali, thank you so much for for reaching out and and getting this all put together and uh, created. I, I really look forward to also having having the video to be able to look back upon myself even and and look at things. So thank you. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. thank you so thank much you for yeah providing this information so that we all can grow together, especially because charities are trying to grow and we're trying to grow as influencers and marketers and everything else. So. This is going to be a huge asset, I think. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Awesome, absolutely. And um, if real quick, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you so they can come and watch your stream? Oh dear. Uh, and and uh, <laughs> Vanessa's making the same face I, um, that I make when you go to someone's stream. Uh, just just know that anything can happen. It's a wild time. A lot of us drink on our streams, so beware that you're not stepping into someone's executive office when you're watching the stream. Yeah, mm -hmm. some of it's family friendly and some of it's not. <laughs> and it's all real time. It's live. It's not yeah. pre-recorded. <laughs> there's, there's, there's no delay. 
you can find me i'm live monday through friday from 9 a.m to 4 p.m pacific time time zone is very very important uh and you can find me under the only ryan and as i said beforehand two ends because my mom wanted to be artistic and cute so um just just be aware i just tell everyone to stutter when they say my name and and you get it down properly so yeah it it works though you turned out very artistic <laughs> yeah, no, it, it went in a certain direction to be sure. <laughs> there you go. Um, Dylan, where can everyone find you at? Yep. So um, my socials, all my socials, my Twitch are all Dempire. That's D-M-P-E-Y-E-R. It is actually just based off of my name and it is a Star Wars reference. So that makes it easy. Um, I'm not live on a regular basis right now because I was normally scheduled for work, but I'm at home, self-isolation, staying safe. So I will be live on a regular basis probably almost every single day for the next two weeks. So um, Central Standard Time, usually I try to go live around 8 p.m. Central Time, but sometimes I will throw an afternoon stream in there occasionally. Vanessa? Um, you can find me on Twitch at Pleasantly Twisted. Pleasantly is spelled normal, but Twisted has no vowels. This trips up a lot of people, so they come in. We can't find you. Uh, that's T-W-S-T-D, not T-W-S-T-E-D. T-W-S-T-D, Pleasantly is spelled normal because that part's normal. The rest of it is not. And I stream on Twitch Wednesdays and Fridays from 6.30 p.m. to 11.30 p.m. Eastern Standard, along with Saturdays from 12 to 5 p.m. And as it was kind of said before, it's, it's a little bit of everything. We do tryhards. We do RPGs. Uh, there's a lot of wine drinking if you're into that. We also drink a lot of tea. We drink a lot of tea. I've been drinking tea this entire time. And um, I think the only thing that would be different from any of those socials would be my Twitter, which would be Miss Twisted instead of Pleasantly Twisted. Miss MSTWSD. Awesome. Um, thank you so much for, for dialing in. I really appreciate it. Ryan, I know you ended your stream 30 minutes early to join it or 45 minutes early to join us. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Yeah. Um, and thank you for everyone tuning in and I will send everyone this VOD and I'm going to hit stop recording now. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. And if you enjoy the show, please consider sharing it with your friends and colleagues. You can find Influencer Fundraising, the podcast on Spotify, Overcast, and many more. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or have an idea for an episode, please head to influencerfundraising.com for more information. Thanks for listening and stay curious.